keeping the pounds off after weight loss surgery. Welcome to SBH Bronx Health Talk, produced by SBH Health System and broadcast from the beautiful studios at St. Barnabas Hospital in the Bronx. I'm Stephen Clark. One of the greatest fears patients seeking weight loss surgery have is that they will eventually gain the weight back. This is understandable considering that virtually every patient who has undergone weight loss surgery has sometime been a yo-yo dieter during their weight loss journey. With us today to discuss this is Rebecca Koch, a registered dietitian at the Center for Bariatric Surgery at SBH. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you, Steve. So first of all, let me ask you, the program is about a year old now. How is it doing? It's growing. We have about 60 post-operative patients now who have completed the surgery and over 200 who are in the process of you know, preparing for surgery. And our first surgery was done here in September of 2018. So some of our patients are reaching that one year mark and they're really happy with their weight loss and feeling good about their health. Okay, so, so let's- it's great to see. Let's start out. Um, how do you determine if a, if a patient is a good candidate for weight loss surgery? Uh, well, there are some things we have to look at. The first is their body mass index or BMI. So that's an equation that takes into to account their height and their weight. Um, it's a pretty simplistic measurement. It doesn't tell us you know, the complete story of a person's health, but it can give us an idea of how obese a person is. And we have to also look at their other health issues they may have that are related to their weight, like diabetes or obstructive sleep apnea. Um, so basically, if their body mass index is greater than 40, they may be a candidate, or if it's greater than 35 with a related health problem, like the type 2 diabetes, they may be a candidate. And we'll also take into account um, their current diet and exercise habits if they've tried to lose weight before. I guess um, most have, right? Most of them have, um, in my experience. A lot of them have been on and off diets for a long time, possibly since they were a teenager. Do, the, do these tend to be people, from a nutrition perspective, are these people who need to be educated on eating properly, or there pe are these people who just don't have the discipline to eat properly? So education is important for all of our patients, and I see like the full spectrum. I do meet patients who have never been educated on diet in the past, and Maybe they've always eaten a diet that's high in processed foods and added sugar. So in that case, education is important and we should focus on making some changes to their diet and their lifestyle before really deciding on surgery. Um, but I also meet patients who have been educated about diet numerous times. Um, they may have been on like kind of fad diets or really unsustainable weight loss diets and that kind of yo-yo effect is actually driving their weight up over time which is what science shows so for those patients sometimes it's teaching them that what they learned was incorrect or you know not beneficial for them do you find again in the bronx you know we're working we're working here with uh you know a diverse population but also we're dealing with people who tend to be lower on the socioeconomic scale. Perhaps you know they haven't been well educated historically in what's proper and what's improper to eat. Uh, do you find in the 
in the time before they actually are scheduled to have surgery that they do change their eating habits? Uh, yes, and I expect them to if there are some things that need to be changed. I expect them to think about protein, to think about eating more vegetables, about drinking water. We ask them to start making some of those changes in preparation for surgery. Do, so, do some people actually don't need to have surgery because they lose weight during this educational process? I've had a few patients who met with me and were ready to have surgery and they decided to not have surgery or to postpone the surgery because they felt they were doing so well just with the diet and exercise and those changes, they felt that they didn't need to have surgery at that point. Well, that's so, yeah. good. So that's sort of a win, even though... Yeah, you know. I thought so. Mm -hmm. uh, now again, after the surgery, and from what I understand about weight loss surgery, is that there's sort of a honeymoon period where after you've had the surgery, most patients change their habits simply because of how they feel. You know, maybe for what, a year or a year and a half, isn't that right? Uh, yeah, so it's pretty easy to lose weight, especially in the first six months after surgery. And that's really a, re a result of the surgery itself. Um, it's more challenging to maintain the weight loss after the first like year and a half to two years when your weight kind of stabilizes. And that's why we focus so much on talking about diet and exercise and making these lifestyle changes because that's what helps to maintain the weight loss in the long run. I read somewhere that um, a significant percentage of weight loss surgery patients do gain f five or more percent of their weight back. Do you find that to be true? Uh, well, I can't speak to the patients here at St. Barnabas Still too because early. it's a newer program. Yeah. But I think it is shown that patients do, I think with gastric bypass, it, the expectation is like 60 to 80% of their excess weight will be lost. Typically greater than 50% is maintained. So they do tend to regain a little. The sleeve procedure is a, um, a more minimally invasive procedure, right? It's less uh, dramatic? Yes, it's, it's a less complicated procedure. The weight loss is usually less dramatic with that. I believe it's still about 50% of the excess weight or more. That's the expected weight loss. Well, after, after surgery, I, I know there are certain vitamins and supplements that all patients need to take, right? What, what exactly are those? Um, so we recommend a bariatric multivitamin, which um, is higher in some nutrients that bariatric patients need. Usually we do a liquid or chewable for about two months after surgery so that it's easier for them to digest and absorb. We also focus on calcium and vitamin D. And B12 is a nutrient that's very important for these patients because their absorption is decreased. Even with the sleeve, their absorption is decreased. Um, so that it's best to give that through an injection or like a nasal spray rather than orally for the best absorption. I, I understand Again, we talked about the program starting a little over a year ago. Mm -hmm. So those initial patients are now a year post-surgical. Have they maintained their weight? As of now, yes. Do you have to talk to them, though? Again, I guess certain hormones kick in after a year or a year and a half, like you said, and suddenly um, you know, the honeymoon period is over, and 
I guess they either have changed their eating habits, hopefully, or they haven't, right? I guess this is where, um, you know, where the tire hits the road, so to speak, right? Where it's up to them to have been educated and to suddenly change the way they eat. So again, they've had a sort of a do-over, but now yeah. it's up to them, right? Yeah, if they go back to eating um, highly processed foods, drinking sugary beverages, fried foods, a lot of starchy, like refined carbohydrates like white bread and white rice, they can start to regain the weight gradually. Um, if they focus on, we always talk about lean proteins, vegetables, high fiber foods, lots of water, sugar-free beverages, that's what will help them to maintain the weight along with exercise. So of course there are people who can't exercise for medical reasons, but anyone who's able to should be encouraged to start a regular exercise regimen to burn calories and to build muscle, which helps boost their metabolism and help maintain the weight loss. It, helps them, it also just helps them feel better. Can you tell us a little bit about these early, these early patients? Where are they today without getting too involved, obviously because of HIPAA regulations, yeah. but how have they done? I just saw one last week who's like right about the one year point and he's really happy with um, his health. He's eating regular foods and we did have to talk about like you still need to avoid pasta and you need to avoid drinking regular soda. He still doesn't like water so he's drinking stuff like Crystal Light and the sugar-free Gatorade. So I just I reinforce that. I reinforce that you need to stick with the lean proteins, keep trying to eat vegetables. I also encourage him to eat regularly. His One of his habits is he only eats once a day. So I try to encourage him to eat at least two or three times a day, make sure he's getting all the nutrients he needs. I guess also how you prepare your foods is also important, right? Yeah, so definitely try to avoid cooking with extra fat, like you know, frying or sauteing. Encourage patients to eat foods that's, that are baked or steamed or boiled, basically cooked without extra fat. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Or do you mean yeah. like... No, no, I meant okay. preparation. I mean, yeah. I, I remember speaking to the, the initial patient. She told me that she used to eat a certain way, that she eat a lot of, I think, fried foods, and she's gotten away from that. Yeah, so you can take a perfectly healthy food. Like a potato isn't a terribly unhealthy food. Chop it up into French fries, you're basically quadrupling the calories. So if someone wants to eat a small piece of a baked potato or roasted potato, that could be part of your diet. French fries, of course, we try to avoid. Right, right. I guess the patients sort of have a lifetime access to you to discuss their diets, right? I mean, do they call you typically if they're concerned about something, if they fall, they're quote, falling off the wagon or something like that? Yeah, I encourage them to reach out to me. They have my email and my phone number. Um, after surgery, they'll have like a one week visit and then a one month visit and then it's like quarterly, so it's less frequent. And by that point, I've gotten to know them. We've met numerous times. We've done the six, six months pre-op education. So they should have the knowledge and some of the skills to make their own decisions about what foods are right for them and, you know, basically managing their own diets. But 
I'm definitely available, yes. Now you're starting support groups now. Yes. Tell us about that. Yes, so I'm really looking forward to our first support group. So this is a program where we'll invite patients who have had surgery, patients who are considering surgery, and their friends and family and anyone who's kind of part of their support system is welcome as well. We'll have guest speakers. We'll have kind of a different topic each meeting. And we'll also encourage the patients to kind of learn from each other and share their own experiences and ask questions. So I think it's going to be really great for a lot of our patients. So we'll have monthly meetings. Our first one's next week, so I'm really looking forward to it. We have a guest speaker from um, Celebrate Vitamins. It's a, a company that makes bariatric supplements, so she's going to be talking to us about important nutrients for surgery, and then she's going to have some samples for the patients to try. So I think it's gonna be a good time. If someone wanted to participate in one of these uh, support group seminars, how would they? Um, well, I asked them to RSVP, but basically they can just show up. If they have never seen me or the doctor before, I'd recommend coming in for an appointment first. How would they contact you? Um, they can call me or send me an email. My phone number is 718-960-3871. My email is rkoch at sbhny.org, and I will get back to you as soon as possible. Okay, great. Um, good luck on those support groups, and thank, thank you, you, Rebecca, for joining us today in SBH Bronx Health Talk. For more information on services available, available at SBH Health System, visit www.sbhny.org, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me.